Good morning. How's everybody? Hallelujah. Let's go to Philippians 4. And we're going to continue with this that we've been on over uh, uh, the last 12 healing schools uh, on faith for healing. And uh, we want to look at some wonderful things from the word concerning healing I want to welcome everybody that's watching us online god bless you everyone here with us in person uh, we made this statement over the weeks and i want to continue to to look at it and and it's this where faith for healing is concerned there will always be a fight for your attention uh, you know healing is not something that uh just me personally Healing is not something that I that I uh, that I think I can afford to not focus on. Because the 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 issue is is we live in a world of spiritual death. All right, spiritual death is all around us, and uh, the curse is all around us, and so. I cannot afford to allow my attention to be taken off of what the word says. That's where the enemy will concentrate his attack is on on your your thoughts. He'll fight for your attention. All right, because what you what you norm, what you give your attention to is normally what you're going to begin to say and how you're going to begin to act. If you consistently give your attention to your age, you're going to start talking about how old you are, and then you're going to start acting how you talk. It's just the reality of it. You know, that's why when people, I, I'll have people turn 40 and they'll go, oh, you know, now I'm an old man. Well, go ahead and say that. I mean, go ahead. Because you get what you say. And, and, but here's the thing. But then, what, what, see, what people don't understand is then you're 40 years old, and you get out of bed or you're moving around one day and you have an ache or something. And then you go, well, what do you expect? I'm 40. Right? See, that's got that 40 has your attention. And now I'm going to open the door to other things. Right? Healing, feelings, thoughts, what can be seen are all trying to divert your attention. Everything that you can feel, everything that you can see, your thoughts are all trying to divert your attention. And the devil will try to seed, will try to seed your mind with thoughts. What is that? Why is that still there? Why do I still feel that way? Right? If I was healed, why isn't this? Th those are all seed thoughts. Right? And we're not going to take the time to go into it in depth, but we've, we've talked about the sower sowing the word. And I'm supposed to sow the word for the positive reason. But the sower can be the devil. He's trying to sow a word into your mind to get you to think on something. All right? Uh, Philippians 4, 4 through 6. And we're not going to uh, uh, focus on all of that. But verse 6, notice what it says. Be careful for nothing. 
but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And uh, we'll go over this real briefly to recap. The Weast Bible says, stop worrying about even one thing. Well, anything the Bible tells me to stop, it must be because it's not good for me. Right? Stop worrying about even one thing. The Berkeley translation says, entertain no worry. None. The Doddridge translation says, in the meantime, whatever necessities or oppressions may arise, be anxious about nothing. And that was powerful to me when I was looking at that because he says, whatever necessities, whatever oppressions arise, don't be anxious about nothing. All right? Now, amen. Stop worrying. Entertain no worry. Those are choices that I have to make because what I see, what I feel is a truth. It's a truth. But here's what we've been saying. I have to turn to a greater truth. That's the truth, but I have to turn my focus to a greater truth. All right, there's lesser or greater truth. So what I experience in the physical is a truth, but there's a greater parent truth. See, how I was created is how I'm supposed to live. And anything that comes and tries to, 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 to corrupt how I was created is a lesser truth. Because it's trying to drive out the greater truth. Does that make sense? All right, the way things were created is the way that God wants it to be. And so anything that's trying to corrupt that is a lesser truth. It came in after the fact. How God created it in the beginning is how it's supposed to be. Anything else is a usurper. Oh, hallelujah. So in these verses, in the perfect context, thanksgiving is the greater truth. I see it in the Word, and I'm thankful for what I see in the Word. With thanksgiving. I see it in the Word, and then I'm thankful for what I see. Thanksgiving. The Word of God is so supernatural it has the, re the ability to reproduce itself in my life and in my body. All right? Now, you don't have to go to these scriptures. We, we've read them before, but you can write them down for future reference. 1 Peter 1.23 says that the Word of God is incorruptible seed. It says you are not born again by, incorrupt by a corruptible seed, but by incorruptible, even by the Word of God. All right? The Word of God. So the Word of God... The word is incorruptible seed. Genesis 1.12 tells us that every seed produces after its own kind. And so the seed that you plant is the harvest you receive. All right? In, in other words, you can't sow apples and reap pears. That's just the reality of it. And the harvest is proof of the seed that you have sown. So every seed, the word is seed, produces after its own kind. We said in Mark 4, 14, the sower sows the word, 
Jesus said in Mark 4.14, the sower sows the word. And then he talked about different aspects of, of the word and what was done with the word. Uh, the first type, the first place he says the word was sown. Notice it was sown. And he said it was sown on, on uh, the hard pack. It was sown on the wayside. Wayside. Now here, here's the thing. Is he said the word was sown. The word will always produce. What, that's, what's that, what that is telling me is that person heard the word. They didn't do anything with the word they heard. All right? What I have to always settle is, is this. God is never the issue. People will come and say, why hasn't God healed me? That's not the issue. It's not God. God's not withholding. See, that's religion. Yeah, but if it's God's will to heal me, why am I not healed? Wait a minute. Go back and read Psalm 118. It says God is on your side. So God's trying to get you healed. Not trying to to uh, 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 postpone your healing. That's so important. The sower sows the word. The word is so supernatural. It has the ability to reproduce itself in my life and my body. All right? Amen. So it, it, it will reproduce itself in my life and in my body. In uh, the book of Proverbs chapter 4. Now, we're, we're done with our recap. <laughs> but, it's important to remember that. Proverbs chapter 4, and verse 20. We'll read down through verse 22. My son, attend to my words. We talked about that last week. All right, bend your ear, uh, uh, give your attention to my words, incline your ear to my sayings, for they are life to those that find them, and health or medicine to all their flesh. Hallelujah. One translation says they are life for him who finds them, and soundness for all his flesh. Soundness. Another translation says they are life to those that find them and healing for their entire body. I don't, I don't want you to lose sight of this. What are we talking about? The Word. Right? The Word. The Word. Another translation says for they are life to those finding them and to the one's entire flesh they are health. Hallelujah. The ERV translation says these words are the secret of life for those who find them. They bring health to the whole body. So notice what it says the word is. Now don't lose sight of this. The word is seed. Incorruptible seed. In other words, what the word is, it will always be. It cannot be changed. All right. God is unlimited in every aspect. Only I can limit God. The word is incorruptible seed. 
In other words, it will always be what it is. A person, a, a person must either not believe what it is or not know what it is for it not to work. When a person hits the place where they believe God, that's it. That's it. Amen. But I know somebody that believed God and it didn't happen. No, you don't. You don't know that person. Because, because over and over, the Bible says, if you'll believe, if you'll take, believe these sayings of mine, you'll, right? See, that, that, that's, what, that's what keeps you going back to the Word, is the Word says that the Word is life and health. And so if I believe that, I keep, part- I keep sowing the seed of the Word in my life and in my heart, and it keeps supernaturally reproducing itself in my life. Amen. The Word is healing. doesn't just contain healing. I've heard people say, yeah, the, the Word contains healing. The Word is healing. The Word is healing. People will say, this book contains the Word of God. No, this is the Word of God. It doesn't contain God's Word. It is God's Word. It is healing. He said, your words are health and healing to my entire body. Oh, hallelujah. So the word, which is healing and life, will, if allowed to, reproduce itself in my body. You should say that right now. Say, right now, the word is reproducing itself in my body. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Say this right now. Say, the Word right now is affecting a cure in my body, in my mind, in my life. Hallelujah. Why? Because it's reproducing itself. It's reproducing itself. The Word has always been life. When, When God spoke and He said, let there be light, You know, the Bible says there was light. The Word has always been life. And it will just consistently reproduce itself. Look at Psalm 107. Oh, hallelujah. You know, uh, F.F. Bosworth, who wrote the, the book, Christ the healer, uh, powerful healing evangelist, it started back in the early 1920s, and uh, there was a young girl playing one day on a playground, and she just fell over and collapsed, and they took her to the doctor, and uh, when they examined her, she had a uh, cancerous tumor underneath her uh, arm, and uh, it, it had expanded, and uh, when they went to the course the technology wasn't obviously what it is today. But here's my point, is they took her to the doctor, and the doctor just, long story short, the doctor said, there's nothing we can do. I mean, we hate it, but I mean, it was to the point that the tumor was breaking the skin, and, and the only thing he could do was give her some salve, you know, and try to help her with the pain. And so, uh, now this will tell you how long ago this was. The doctor had went to their house on a Sunday afternoon to visit with them and, and was eating dinner with them. And he looked at the little girl, and, and he was so sad because he wished there was something he could have done. And he just put his fork down, and he looked at the mother, and he said, 
there's a man down the street in Scranton, Pennsylvania, that's holding healing meetings. And he said, a lady I know went there and got help. He said, if I were you, I'd take her to that man. And she said, well, doctor, I mean, what do you mean? He said, well, you don't, you, you have nothing to lose. And so they, they, went to the, they went to the meeting. And here's the thing. Bosworth would not pray for you if you had not sat in three of his services. Because he said, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Well, the parents went and sat in the meetings and bought the book, Christ the Healer. Now watch. And if you've ever read Christ the Healer, it's all word. It's all word. And, and the parents took the book home and would read the book and declare the word over the daughter. After they did that for a while, they took the daughter back to the meeting. He prayed for her. They went home that night, getting her ready for bed, and the mom started to put the salve on that spot. And the daughter looked at her and said, Why, mother, where's your faith? Am I not healed? And she said, it was, it, was the, it was the most sleepless night I've ever had, ever. All right? But she said, I got up the next morning, and not only the, the wound was closed up, the swelling was completely gone. Within a day, that tumor was the size of a walnut, and within three days, it was gone. Now, now but wait a minute. What affected that cure? The word. Cancer is the lesser truth. It came after. It came with the curse. It's the lesser truth. All right? The parent truth is always the stronger truth. That, that's why the Word of God can overcome the sickness and drive it out. Because it's greater. Now, most Christians that you know and I know, they will say that, that God's greater than anything. It, he is. But if God's greater than anything, then by just the mere fact that he's greater, his word's greater. Is that right? Think, think about this for a minute. We taught on this last year. We're going to teach it more on it this year on, on, on our covenant. But remember, here's Abraham who is past the age of fathering a child. Sarah has never been able to have a child, and now she's past the age of being able to reproduce a child, even if she could, right? And God comes to Abraham and says, this is what I'm going to do for you. And, and the Bible says in Genesis 15, 16, Abraham believed God. Now, think, I know this is elementary. What did he believe about God? What God said. So what, what entered his body... And reverse the process, what God said. Attend to my words, because they are life and health to those that find them. Remember that one translation says, they are life to those finding them, and to one's entire flesh, they are health. What? The word, the word, the word. Hebrews eleven six says, through faith, Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed when she was past the age of bearing because she judged him faithful who had promised. 
faithful is connected to the word and the promise is the word. She looked at what God said and said, that's what's going to happen. And what happened? The word reproduced itself in their body. Amen. Because for Sarah, it reproduced itself in strength. Strength to conceive seed. Their, their bodies, the aging process reversed. See, you don't want to fight against that. Right? Your youth truly is renewed like the eagles. Right? Right? It's, it says he increases strength. And to them that have no might, he increases their strength. God gives power to the faint. Is that right? That's not just something we quote and, sh- and sing and shout about. Woo, glory to God, my youth is renewed like the eagles. Y'all pray for me, I'm an old man. Well, which is it? Your youth is renewed like the eagle or you're an old man? We've got to get somewhere of agreement there. Right? You, 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 the word is not life and health if you're going to constantly refer back to the lesser truth. The word cannot be life and health if I'm going to constantly refer back to the lesser truth. That's why, especially in our circles, we say that this is the final say. The, the, the Abraham, when God was dealing with Abraham, the Bible says in the book of Romans, it says that when you're talking between two men or two people, it says the word of the greater is an end to the discussion. Is there anybody greater than God? That, that's the end of the discussion. Think, think about that. There's, there's so many avenues to teach on here. that we, we talk about the creative power of God's Word. The creative power of God's Word. We, re, we read the, the little book by Brother Caps, God's creative power for healing and God's creative power for finances. Oh, praise God. God's, God's creative power. God's creative power is His Word. When, when Jesus said, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he would do it for you. And, 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 and the, the orig- one of the original Greek renderings is, is, carries the idea of this, that whatever you ask the Father, if he doesn't have it, he'll create it. Think about that. The word is so supernatural in its working That Jesus said, whatever you speak the word to, that thing would move. Hallelujah. Look at Psalm 107 and verse 20. We finally got there. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. Oh, my heaven. Let me read you a couple of translations here. One translation says, no medicines could affect the cure so quick, so easy, or so sure. The deadly sentence God repeals, he sends his sovereign word and heals. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. Another translation says, he sent forth his word to heal them and to snatch them from destruction. Hmm. 
Hallelujah. Now, see, that's a blessing to me because it doesn't matter how far out it is. If I get a hold of the word, it'll snatch me from destruction. Amen. Another translation says, God spoke the words, be healed, and we were healed. Delivered from death's door. Oh, hallelujah. Isn't that great? Amen. Another translation of that same verse says, The deadly sentence God repeals, He sends His sovereign word and heals, inspires the souls with new desires, nature revives and death retires. Woo! Glory to God. So I get a hold of the word and nature revives and death retires. Amen. Hallelujah. So the only thing retiring about you is death. Death's just going to retire. Amen. Do you, do you see that? But notice what it said. He sent his word. He sent his word. Why? The word is so supernatural. It has the ability to reproduce itself in my life and body. That's not just a word of faithism. That's not just something that we, oh, hallelujah. It, it, this, this is living. This is life. The Bible calls it the bread of life. The word of life. All right, I get a hold of the word and life starts happening. Amen. I preached on Christmas morning. And told people, I said, if you're not born again, you, you think you're living. You're not living. You don't have a life. You're dead. You're the walking dead. All around us in this world is spiritual death. When you see somebody that doesn't know God, you're seeing a real life zombie. They're the, spirit, they're the walking dead. They have no life. They have no hope. They have no future. Because there's no life in them. And the enemy is constantly trying to take that same death and corrupt our spiritual life with it. That's why you got to resist sickness like you resist sin, like you resist things of, of the past. You got to resist it the same way because they all come from the same place. Amen. Do you see this? Look at uh, John chapter 1. The word will reproduce itself. And that's why I say sometimes, very often you're better off finding a couple verses that you can really get a hold of instead of trying to quote a whole ream of paper, right? Because a lot of people think they're going to be healed because of the amount of verses they quote. It's not the truth. It's the amount of verses you believe. Amen. Amen. In John chapter 1, verse 4. In him was life. Now notice that. In him was life. And the life was the light of men. Well, what's he talking about? The word. In the beginning was the word. 
we could say, in the Word was life. And the life was the light of men. One translation says, in Him was the fountain of life and light, natural, spiritual, and eternal, and He, the life, was the light of men. So notice, the life, natural, spiritual, and eternal. So there's natural life in the Word, spiritual life in the Word, and eternal life in the Word. Hallelujah. When Jesus was on the earth physically, He was the Word of God manifest in physical form. The Word of God manifest in physical form. Everything that God said about His Word was contained in Jesus. Everything. Not, not just the prophecies, everything that God said, everything that God promised in uh, Exodus, in Deuteronomy, everything that God promised about being the healer, taking sickness and disease from the myth, all of that was contained in Jesus because he was the word made flesh. Oh, hallelujah. Jesus' actions were the word of God in action. When Jesus healed people, it was the Word healing people. Amen. See, that's how you've got it. That's turning to the greater truth. Because where does religion get sidetracked? Well, yeah, brother, that was Jesus. No, that was the Word. That was the Word. It's, it's a switch in thinking. Well, if the Lord would just heal me. The, the Word has not lost its healing power. Remember, I was teaching some months ago on, on our, the covenant of blood, and I said, the Bible says that Abraham, in the presence of him whom he believed, in the presence of God, Abraham believed. When you're in the presence of the word, you're in the presence of God. And when you believe the word, you're believing God. That, it's a switch in thinking because people say, well, you know, I, I believe God's word. I believe God. If you tell me something, your word didn't tell me, you told me. It's important. Because if I see it in the word, it's not just a book telling me that. God told me that. See, there, therein lies the problem. People, <laughs> if, if you try to get the life of God in you without realizing this is God speaking to me, if it's just words on a page, then it, it could be like any other book. And most Christians will tell you, well, I, I don't think this is like any other book, but, but do you believe that if I imbibe this word, I'm taking the physical, literal life of God into me. In him, in the word, was life. Hallelujah. 
And, you know, you pick things up in the spirit when you're teaching. Sometimes people will say, yeah, but, you know, this is what I'm dealing with. It doesn't matter if it's any form of sickness, any form of disease, anything under the curse. It's attempting to take your life in some manner. And it may not be a life-threatening condition, but how is it affecting your life? If it's limiting your life, it's not of God. Because he said, Jesus said, I am come that you might have life, right? And have it more abundantly. One translation says, life to the full until it overflows. So always check out your physical life. And am I having it to the full until it overflows? If not, push into that. Anything that's trying to limit my life, inhibit my life, has to be resisted. Oh, hallelujah. Do you see that? Let's look at Matthew 8. Got about, I got plenty of time to. Matthew 8. And uh, verse 16. It says, when the evening was come, They brought unto him many that were possessed with devils, and he cast out the spirit with his word. With his word. And healed all that were sick. That it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, himself took our infirmities, himself took our infirmities, and bare our sicknesses. Notice, cast out the demons with his word. And healed all that were sick. So the, the catalyst was the word he spoke. The catalyst for the power was the word. The word delivered. The word healed these people. Your word is health to all of my flesh. So the catalyst was the word he spoke. Hallelujah. The catalyst was the word he spoke. That's why, you know, very often you would hear Brother Hagan, and he would talk about uh, how he would go into to cities after some of the great healing evangelists had been in the town. Uh, and, and he would name certain ones, and I'm, I'm not going to name them, but he, he would go there, and for in one instance he was in a... Uh, uh, a city in the southwest, I believe it was Albuquerque, New Mexico, or Santa Fe 1. And uh, he was there, and this lady came up to him, and the pastor knew her as well. And she had gotten miraculously healed in one of these great healing crusades by the gifts of healing. All right? But a few months later, that sickness came back on her. And she wanted to know why. And Brother Hagin looked at her and said, you just come to every one of these meetings that you can get in and sit under the word and we'll talk after that. Now, you know, us being word people. Now, now here, here's the thing. You know, my job, we're every, every Tuesday, we're putting the healing buffet out here. Right? But my job is not only... To put the buffet out there, 
It's to maybe tell us where we ain't been eating good. You know, and sometimes in our circles, yes, the word, yes, the word, yes, the word. They're, listen, hearing, faith does come by hearing. But Jesus said it's possible to listen and not hear. Right? I can, I can listen. I can know all the healing scriptures and not be hearing them. So this woman was miraculously instantly healed. Documented. And it came back. Well, here's, here's the number one problem is she did not know how to stop it from coming back. But here's the second thing. He said, I want you to come sit under the word. Why? 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 What are we teaching on? Why? The word is life and health. What, what was happening in those meetings? The word was reproducing itself in her body. Right? At the end of that meeting, I think it was two weeks or something like that. At the end of that meeting, she came up to him and was going to talk, you know, talk to him. And, and Brother Hagen was asking. She goes, no, I don't need you to lay hands on me. It's gone. I'm healed. Well, when did you get healed? I don't know. It just, I got, it just went. How, when? Under the word. Under the word. No substitute for just coming and sitting under the word of God. You know, that's, that's why in every healing school, we don't lay hands on people. If, if, you're regu- if you come regularly, you know, we'll lay hands on people a couple times a month. Why? I'm here to give you the new, spiritual nutrition For your body to start acclimating itself to the Word and for the Word to start working in your body. Right now, it's working. It's working. The healing power is working. Not because I'm laying hands, but because the Word is working. So notice this. this, (laughs) Do do, do you see that? That one, one of the Gospels says... They went and brought all the sick in the city to Jesus of this verse. And it carries the idea, you know, he had, uh, Luke says that when he talked and prayed for Peter's mother-in-law, he rebuked that fever. Well, you rebuke with your words. And what happened? It says he rebuked the fever and it left. Oh, fevers can hear. Cancer can hear. Any sickness you're dealing with can hear. Now, now why? Sickness at its root is spiritual. It got into the earth by spiritual means. When Adam violated God's authority on the earth, he opened the door up for the spiritual curse that brought with it sickness, disease, destruction. At its core, it's spiritual. That's why you can rebuke it and it'll go. The Lord told me to deal with cancer as what it was. The foul offspring of the pit of hell. That's how he told me to deal with it. All those years ago. I never look at sickness, uh, uh, disease, uh, cancer, any, any sickness or disease as a physical malady. It, it manifests itself physically but it came out of the spirit realm that's why the bible calls the devil a murderer you understand 
it, when the devil tries to slap sickness on somebody, you can call it what you want. He's trying to murder them. He's trying to take their life. Just as sure as my name is what it is. He's trying to kill them outright. And we have the life. You understand? We can stop that. That's why Jesus said, He's a murderer. He comes to steal and kill and destroy. But I'm a life giver. I came that they might have life and have it more abundantly. And it doesn't matter how long the devil's been trying to kill them. It doesn't matter how long the devil's been trying to take their life. One, one, one exposure to the Word of God can begin the process of the destruction of that death and, 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 and sickness and the bringing in of life and health. Just one exposure. Amen. Jesus always comes to healing school. So the catalyst was the word he spoke. He cast out the demons with his word. And notice, and healed all that were sick. Well, you know Jesus didn't lay his hands on everybody. It's connected. He cast out the demons with his word, and with his word healed all that were sick. Smith Wigglesworth went to Switzerland and was having a great healing uh, revival. And the religious people got so upset with him, the only thing they knew to do was have him arrested for practicing medicine without a license. The late 1920s, early 1930s. And they did. And, and they told him, they said, we're going to, now they didn't put him in jail or anything, but they said, we're going to go ahead and release you. You can finish the meetings, but you can't lay hands on anybody. And, and he wrote in his book, or, or actually the biographer wrote in his book, Wigglesworth never really, never wrote a book. Only one book was uh, written that he uh, gave uh, permission to write. And, uh, 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 but in any event, the point is, is they, they said, we're going to let you go, but you can't lay hands on people. And he said, that's where we discovered the power of the spoken word. He said, I would just speak the word over the masses. And he said, we saw multiplied numbers of people healed because I couldn't lay hands on everybody. And what they tried to stop, they actually helped. And he turned Switzerland upside down. You understand? When you look at the great crusades of, of like Reinhard Bonnke, and you see all of those blind eyes being healed and deaf ears being opened and, and wheelchairs being emptied. Well, he didn't lay hands on those people. As he preached the word, people started getting healed. Jesus was preaching the word and people got healed. Why? Because the word has the ability to reproduce itself in my life and in my body. Let's look at Luke 7, 7. Whew. Now, this is Luke's account of the centurion. But this is what I want you to see. Verse 7. Wherefore, neither thought I myself worthy to come unto you. Notice this. But say in a word, and my servant will be healed. Just say in the word. Well, now, wait a minute. There, there, there's an important thing here. Say in a word. Say what in a word? 
be healed. Got to put something in that word. Just say in a word. Because, and, and of course the proper context is I know about authority. My words contain authority. Your words contain authority. But notice what he said. Just say in a word. Hallelujah. Remember uh, in uh, Matthew's account, they asked Jesus and Jesus said, I'll come healing. And we've taught on that before. How many people would have been dancing up and down that Jesus was coming to their house and they'd have ran home, made sure everything was clean and, and put in order. Jesus is coming to the house. And the centurion said, look, 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 look. Just put it in a word and say it. Just put it in a word. Why? Because understand this, this revelation. The centurion knew if he asked a man to go down the road and do something for him, the action of the man was contained in the word that he gave. If my wife asked me, Philip, go up to Kroger and buy, she asked me last night, my mother, my wonderful mother, is working on being totally spirit-filled. She drinks decaffeinated coffee. So we're praying on her a little more Holy Ghost. But no, I'm joking. But my, my wife said, we need to get some decaf coffee for your mom. Right? Now think about that. What did she do? She put the action that I needed to take in her word. And what did I do? What she asked. What did she get? What she asked. Because I acted in line with what she said. And the man said, I need my servant healed. Jesus said, I'll come healing. The man said, no, 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 no. Just put that same healing in a word. And say the word, and my servant will be healed. Whoop! And so Jesus just put it in a word and said it. And by the time the man got home, his servant was healed. Glory to God. Do you understand that? Just say a word. Just put it in a word. Ah, did you see that? The word of God is near me, even in my mouth and in my heart. Did you see that? So just put it in a word. And, and, and the action will follow the word. Oh, glory. One translation says the man said, just give the order, please. Think, think about that. What if, now I'm not saying you haven't, but what if a person would build their faith in the word to the point that they would say that? Just give the order. Right? And that's how I thought. If I tell my body to do something, it's going to do it. According to the word. I'm just going to put it in a word and say it. Oh, hallelujah. Let's, let's hurry a little bit. John chapter 4. I got two more. John chapter 4. Oh, my Lord. I've already taught myself happy. John chapter 4, verse 45. When he was coming to Galilee, the Galileans received him. 
having seen all the things that he did at Jerusalem at the feast, for they also went up to the feast. Now, this is going to explain something to you about why Jesus told this nobleman, uh, you have to see signs and wonders to believe. All right, this is why you need to read your whole Bible. Don't just read your Bible, read your Bible. All right? Because he said the Galileans received him because of what they had seen. In other words, before they saw something, they didn't receive him. But they saw it, and they received him. So, but, but think about this. So they didn't receive him from the heart. They received him from what they could see. There are people that will say they believe God's a healer because they've seen other people healed. But because you saw somebody else healed does not mean you believe God will heal you. All right? Now notice, so Jesus came again into Cana of Galilee where he made the water wine and there was a certain nobleman whose son was sick at Capernaum when he heard that Jesus was come out of Judea into Galilee. Now now remember, now he's coming to Jesus because he heard of all the things he had done. And remember, they didn't believe until they, they didn't receive him until they saw the miracles. Right? Whoop. He said, he, he, he asked him to come down and heal his son, for he was at the point of death. And Jesus said to him, except you see signs and wonders, you won't believe. In other words, he's saying, you Galileans, unless you see signs and wonders, you wouldn't even receive me till you saw signs and wonders. And notice what the man said. Sir, come down ere my child die. And Jesus, here you go. Jesus said. Jesus put it in a word. Go your way. Your son lives. Now watch. Here's the key. And the man believed the word. That was spoken unto him. And he went his way. Oh glory. Notice what Jesus said. One translation says. Go your son is living. The man believed the word that Jesus had spoke. So, while he was on his way home, the word was already at his house healing his son. Well, think about that. You you can hear the word today, and you got a doctor's appointment tomorrow, but the word you hear today is working this afternoon, and you get to the doctor tomorrow... And it's better, or it's gone, or whatever the case may be. Hallelujah. I told you the testimony, and here's my mom who told me the testimony. She'll attest that it's true about the couple that came in the meeting that she was ministering at. And she said when they came in, I could tell something was different about them. This man had been diagnosed with inoperable, unchangeable cancer. The doctor looked at him and said, the only thing I can tell you is you need to set your affairs in order. Make sure your businesses are taken care of because we can't help you. Right? Now, whether that was good bedside manner or not, that's what he said. And they didn't know what to do. But they came in her meeting that Sunday night and he's alive and lively and, and the woman came and gave the testimony. Watch. That he went to the doctor and the doctor said, I don't understand this. I can't explain it. And I don't know why, but we can't find it. 
And the man said, well, I can tell you why you can't find it. God took it. But, but here's the key. The woman came up to my mom, and mom was saying, well, what happened? What happened that this occurred? And the woman said, you ever hear of Andrew Womack? And mother said, yes, I have. And she said, he got a hold of Andrew Womack. Somebody gave him one of Andrew's teachings on you already have it. God, God doesn't have to heal you. You're already healed. And that man got a hold of that and ordered more material. And watch, just soaked in the word and soaked in the word to the point that he went to the doctor and the doctor said, I don't know, it's not there. Now, how do you go from set your house in order to, I don't know where it's at. Hallelujah. This man had traveled a day to get to Jesus and has to go back a day. He gets to Jesus and Jesus says, go your way, your son lives. He's got to go all the rest of that day and spend the night somewhere. Right? But notice, what, what was he going on? He believed the word that Jesus spoke. And now watch. This, this, is, so, this is so important. Mm. Verse 51. And as he was going down, his servants met him and said, your son lives. Oh, verse 50, go your way, your son lives. Verse 51, your son lives. Verse 50, go your way, your son lives. Verse 51, your son lives. Verse 50, go your way, your son lives. Verse 51, your son lives. Verse 50, go your way, your son lives. Verse 51, your son lives. Verse 50, go your way, your son lives. Verse 51, your son lives. Verse 50, go your way, your son lives. Verse 51, your son lives. Is that right? So by the time he got home, he inquired, verse 52, of the hour when he began to get better. And he said yesterday at 1 o'clock. The fever left. Wait a minute. Well who laid hands on him? Oh they called for the elders of the church. And they anointed him with oil. Go your way. Your son lives. My son, attend unto my words, incline your ear unto my sayings, for they are life to your flesh and health to your body. Is that right? And notice, the fever left him. The moment Jesus spoke the word, the child began to recover. The moment. The moment. Hallelujah. Now, let's look at one more, shall we? John, uh, or Mark 7. We're almost done. The Word has the ability to reproduce itself in my life and my body. 
John 4, 51. Or not John 4, Mark 7, 25. John 4 is on my mind. <laughs> For a certain woman whose young daughter had an unclean spirit, heard of him and came and fell at his feet. Now, we're about to see that the word works for whosoever. All right? Because remember why Jesus is in this region. The Jews are trying to kill him. And he's got to get out of Dodge. All right? And, and the Bible says he went into the region, the borders of Tyre and Sidon. And it says, if you read verse 24, he would, he, he would have no man know it, but he couldn't be hid because of this woman. A certain woman whose daughter had an unclean spirit. Now, I don't know if you've ever been around demon-possessed people. It's miserable. And this woman is living with this. She's got a daughter in her house with an unclean spirit. And you know, when, when, the, when the Bible uses that phrase, unclean, it usually means unclean morally, unclean uh, in, 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 in some aspect of, uh, of, uh, of their virtue, all right? It's, it's, it's used in connection. It's used in connection with pornography consistently. So this is a miserable life. Miserable. And this woman has no answer. Why? She's a Syrophoenician woman. The Bible, Luke says, Mark says she was a Greek, a Gentile. Got no hope. Right? She heard of Jesus and came and fell at his feet. Whew. She was a Greek, a Syrophoenician by nation. And she besought him that he would cast forth the devil out of her daughter. But Jesus said, let the children first be filled. It's not me to take the children's bread and cast it to the dogs. And she answered and said unto him, Yes, Lord, the dogs, yet the dogs under the table eat of the children's bread. Now watch. I know we know this, but I want you to see this. And he said to her, He sent his word and healed them. My son, attend to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings for their life and health to all that find them. He said to her, for this saying, go your way, the devil has gone out of your daughter. Now again, religion will say, well, that's Jesus. No, that's an illustration of the working of the word. Re 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 remember in... Uh, uh, Matthew 8, it says the whole city was gathered together before the door and he cast out the demons with his word and healed all that were sick with his word. Right? Go your way. The devil is gone out of your daughter. And when she came to her house, she found the devil gone out. And her daughter... Laid upon the bed, resting upon the bed. So notice, he said, go your way, the devil's gone out of your daughter. And while she's worshiping Jesus, the word was driving the devil out of her daughter. Glory be to God. See, so not just with your, your own self. I, I mean, it is primarily with you. 
But when you're speaking the word over your family and you're speaking the word over, over your children and you're speaking the word, while you're speaking the word, the word is doing what you're declaring. Oh, hallelujah. When you speak the word, the word will reproduce itself in your body. Amen. And that's why, as I'm wrapping this up, that's why you can't fall into that, that, that mode of thinking and that line of thinking of, well, there are just certain things I've got to put up with, and there's just certain things you can't avoid. And, and because, because, because the word will reproduce itself, but your words will reproduce themselves. Hallelujah. Because we're, here's why. We're designed for the spoken word of God to govern our lives. But here's the thing. We're designed for spoken words to govern our lives. I'm a speaking spirit. My, my spirit is not aware of why I would want something, but it's designed to either bend to my will or oppose the will of the thing that's trying to come against me. If, if I'm declaring I'm healed and I'm well and I'm whole, my spirit will my spirit will rise up and try to defend me against those things that are trying to rob my healing. But if I constantly say I'm sick, I'm weak, I'm infirmed, then, then my spirit's not rising up against that because my spirit's designed to bring to me what I say and to stop what I say needs to be stopped. Does that make sense? And notice, all these people that we talked about as I close, they believed the word that was spoken. And what all of them get, what was spoken. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. So, Father, today... We thank you, we praise you, we glorify you, Lord, for all that your word says concerning our healing, our wholeness, our completeness. Father, I just speak the word over your people, those watching online, those in this uh, sanctuary today. Father, whatever the malady may be, whatever the, the situation, the prognosis, the diagnosis, whatever it may be, 1 Peter 2.24 right now is flowing through their bloodstream and affecting a cure, and driving out sickness and disease. Father, it was never your will for your people to be sick. It was never your will for them to be ill. Father, that came with the curse. And the blessing is a greater law. The blessing is a greater power. A ble the blessing is a greater truth. And so, Father, we right now submit ourselves to the word that says that we're the healed of the Lord. And we receive our healing. Mm. We receive our, yes, we receive our healing from chronic conditions. We receive our healing from incurable conditions. And we, we realize we mustn't ask, Lord, and, and get over into the arena of how and, and is it possible just Put it in a word, and I'll believe it. I'll believe it in the name of Jesus. And I call your people healed. I call your people strong. 
I, hallelujah, I call your people free from sickness and disease because they are redeemed from the curse because Jesus was made a curse for them. And Father, we thank you for that. In the wonderful name of Jesus, amen. Amen, hallelujah. God is so good to us. Amen. Well, in just a moment, we're going to take a break. We'll begin prayer meeting here in about 15 minutes. But for those of you watching online, don't forget tomorrow night, Wednesday night, 7 p.m. Hopefully, we'll see you there. Uh, But if we don't see you there, we'll see you in the air, perhaps. But the Lord's good to us. But till we see you again, please remember to keep the switch of faith turned on and build your faith. God bless you.